As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful 
herbal face food for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Together, we'll explore and enjoy content and conversations around mastering transitions. In our relations, our wellness, our careers, our families, and especially in our missions and visions. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. For the third time, you are my only guest who's been here three times. I have with me one of my dearest friends, my biggest inspiration, my hero, Gabby Ooh. Bernstein. Welcome Ooh, back. What an intro. My hero and inspiration. My hero. <laughs> Woman, there are so many reasons why I can thank you, but I want to talk first of all about your uh, your history and who you are for the folks in the back who might not know. For over 15 years, you have been transforming lives. You have included your own in that transformation. You have a number one New York Times best-selling book, including The Universe Has Your Back, Super Attractor, your latest, your first Audible original, You Are the Guru. Um, you started hosting intimate conversations with 20 people in New York City, and that has now grown to you speaking to tens of thousands in sold out venues around the world. For me, Gabby represents the beginning of the end of my addiction. She stood in front of me many times accepting of my current state of addiction back in the day, those 8, 10, 12 years ago, and didn't make me stop and didn't ask me to stop. She would just ask me other questions, curious questions about how things were going in the face of what I was doing to myself. And she was one of the main influences on my recovery. So I'm very uh, committed to sharing her work. She has a new book out. It's called Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace. So welcome back, Gabby. Sister, my love, sister, sister. It makes me feel full-bodied chills when when I hear you talk about your recovery and, you know, one of the things I think I'm most proud of in my life is that I've been in the service of helping others get sober. And any sober person can say that. Any sober, any sober person, particularly people in the pursuit of sharing their truth can say that. And it's, it's a big deal. I love you. I love you too so much. This this book, however, with the photo taken by one of our closest friends, Chloe Crespi, is the most beautiful photo I've ever seen of you. Mm. This book is about uh, all of us and how we get stuck in patterns that make us unhappy. And we're moving uh, the needle toward, literally, toward happy days, unapologetically. We are uh, served in this book with nine transformational techniques for serenity, for genuine happiness. The idea in one of them in particular that really touched my heart was the reparenting yourself mm. situation. What's crazy is that I'm in the middle of writing an audio course right now for parents now that I have 15 years under my belt. And part of it is about reparenting yourself. So I would love to actually start there. Well, I think that 
<clears throat> any parenting work has to start with you. <laughs> I have only three years under my belt, but I would say that my son gifted me that privilege of recognizing that the work I've done on myself and continue to do on myself are the greatest gifts I could give him. The reparenting yourself work is stunning because as someone who, and I reveal this in the book of experiencing childhood trauma and some disruptions in the attachment bond and all of the reasons that I became an addict in the first place, be, became a drug addict and a workaholic, those patterns and energetic disturbances had to be resolved. And the most beautiful part of the resolution for me, when I say resolved, I mean reprocessed, really. And the beautiful part of that journey for me has been the part of becoming my own internal parent and really claiming a new way of caring for my inner children. Mm. And even just now, you know, we were meant to, to start this podcast at 20 minutes ago, and I was like, I'm already three and a half hours into podcasting today, and I have three more left, and I was just like burnt out. I asked the little girl, I was like, what do you need? And she's like, to meditate, please? Mm. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't want to dis my old me would have been like, I don't want to disappoint people. Go, go, go. New me's like, what does she need? And let's give it to her. Yeah. And now I'm back and I'm fresh and I'm with you. And I feel like a new person because I cared for mm -hmm. that part. And so uh the work that I share about the reparenting is beautiful. So it comes twofold. One through the practices of internal family systems therapy, which I don't know if you know this, Alina, but I got trained in IFS, internal family systems. I did not know that. And I've done the level one training now, and I'm going to keep going further and further. And I got my continuing education going here. And I'm really hoping to share this with you specifically because it's just going to rock your fucking world right now. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so IFS is built on the premise that we have, and this is in the book as well. I introduce all these different modalities yes, of chapter how I seven for our listener. There you chapter go. Chapter seven. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. And IFS is based on the premise that we have many different parts of ourselves. And the parts to note are two different styles of parts. There's exiled child parts. So for me, the little girl who was sexually abused as a child, or it could be a small t traumatic event like being told you're stupid or being bullied. And these events are so impermissible. The feelings of shame and grief and rage are so impermissible that we shut them down and lock them up. And then we begin to build up these forms of protection called protector parts, drug addiction, love addiction, workaholism, all the ways we run from those impermissible feelings. Right. And the protectors have an important role. And this is where I think it's going to rock your world. So we build up these protection mechanisms. You might call them coping mechanisms, right? But they're in IFS called protector parts. And you know when you've said to yourself in the past, like, there's a part of me that just gets outraged when someone tells me I'm dot, wrong. Dot, dot, dot. Or, right. you know, there's a part of me that wants to control the shit out of everything when so when whatever happens, right? And mm. so, or when someone told me to shush, I would just get outraged. And so we have these different things that trigger these protector parts. But what's really being triggered is the younger child part. And that younger child is so impermissible that the protector swoops right in to protect us from feeling that impermissible rage, guilt, shame, fear, terror. Right. Right. And the protectors are the addicts. The protectors are often the perception of the extreme behaviors that we have. Those are protector parts. Yeah. And sometimes they're praised, right? Workaholics are praised and um, people who are overly controlling sometimes can be praised because they, you know, or perfectionism can be praised. 
but they're still protector parts. They're not healthy for our system. Mm. And then all of us have what is known as self with a capital S. And self with a capital S was what you might call a higher power or inner guidance system, and as what I would call that as well, the God within us. But self with the capital S is all of these qualities that are courageous and compassionate and calm and curious and creative. And these qualities are within each and every one of us. And when we start to create some communication between those protection mechanisms, those protector parts, Mm -hmm. and that loving part, the, the truth of who we are, self, then the protectors can settle. And then when the protectors settle, we can get closer to the inner children and start to help them. It's a lot unpacked in one bit, but I go into it. And my goal in the book is to help the reader connect to self energy, to connect to that part of them that is compassionate, that is courageous, that is creative. Because when you connect to that part of you, you can resolve all boundaries with that love. In uh, chapter eight, you actually give us practice for this Mm -hmm. to get closer to it. Um, and then in chapter nine, we talk about the the actual act of reparenting yourself, getting closer to that resourced self. Yes. Um, in this particular chapter, chapter seven, I just wanted to read this to our listener. For now, my goal, you say on page 150, is to help you recognize your protectors and help you thank them. This is, I think, the most important part. Thank them for the great service they have offered. While they may be extreme and uncomfortable i.e. drug addiction, escape behaviors, anger, rage, while they may be extreme and uncomfortable, they have kept you safe. Mm -hmm. Recognizing and honoring these protector parts is the first step to helping them step aside. It's very well taught. Um, You know, we've been reading lots of Stan Tatkin and other people who take these teachings and, you know, move them into other realms. But I really, really appreciate the way that you have worded this here for your reader. So thank you for that. Yeah. And let's take a moment to thank your addict part that was smoking weed. Word. And let's just give her so much compassion and love. I don't know if it's a she. I don't want to gender her. She is a she. Okay, she's a she. She was, yes. She's a she. Um, Is there anything you want to say to her, you know, just for what she was able to do to keep you safe at that time? Yes, you know what? I would say to her, my addict part, who smoked so much weed for so long, I would say thank you for knowing how to get this body of being out of some of the most uncomfortable moments of this whole life. Thank you for knowing how to help me escape, how to move me past that time, and also thank you for knowing when to step aside. Absolutely fucking beautiful. Brings a tear, actually. Oh my God, I'm so, I'm, I love you so much. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and and wow. so when, and the thing that's nice about this, and this is something that you and James might want to even connect on, is that when the protectors step aside and when the protectors are no longer in their extreme roles. So when your addict part said, I'm going to put down the drugs, that part was able to do her valuable job without having to be on drugs. So she could still Mm -hmm. do the work to keep you from feeling, she carried on, right? And so I think that there's an important point. It's not that we abolish these parts. Like my cocaine addict part became a controller part that wrote nine books in 11 years 
and is now a relaxed part that can step in and take over when she needs to. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like I super do. I can use her for good now. And not just by being able to tell the story, but by able to really tap into that part that had a role. And in some cases, I think some parts can just be like, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to be in that role anymore. But there's still nothing wrong with the part. The part was there for a reason. It kept you safe. It deserves some love and gratitude. And you said it beautifully. Thank you for knowing when to step down, you know, when to, yes. to, when to relax. Step off, girl. Yeah. I um, I really appreciate on page 175, uh, actually prior to and after that as well, a few pages of practices to help us feel safe. They're physical practices, not like a yoga pose. But number four is the Jin Shin Jutsu hold, which is something that I do all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jin Shin Jutsu is a Japanese healing modality, and it's just bringing balance to the body, the mind, and the spirit. And as you say on this page, this powerful practice can release tension regulate arousal, nervous system arousal, and deepen relaxation. So in short, it it can help you feel safe. Um, The first hold is your head hold. So you're listening to us right now. Go ahead and place your right hand on your forehead and your left hand on your heart. And I'm I'm actually going to give you an adjustment here. Ready? This is something I learned yesterday from Dan Siegel. He was, I interviewed him. Yeah, that's what we get into in that parenting chapter. I love him. Dan and I were talking about the heart hold yesterday, and I love him too. And he he said, "Well, you like the right hand on the heart. That's this is the heart hold, and this is the same for the yes. head hold." He's like, "You like putting your right hand on your heart. Now try putting your left hand on your heart." And I was like, "Oh no, I don't like that." And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, seventy percent of people like the right hand, and then there's like another thirty percent or less that are like him that prefer to put the left hand on the heart. And so I didn't know this until the book is in print. You know, I direct right hand, but I want to offer the listener the opportunity to try out right now, you, Elena, do it, put Mm -hmm. your right hand on your heart and your left hand on your belly for now, okay? And feel what that feels like in your system. That feels weird to me. Yeah, see your left one. Okay, now put your left hand on your heart and your right hand on your belly. Yeah, that feels right. See, for me, the left hand is so wacky. So it's just Mm. check in right now. People are going to do it. They're like, no, you'll know right away what feels Mm. soothing for you. Yeah. Strange. I wonder why. Yeah, I really do wonder why. Left is feminine, right is masculine. So that might be part of it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, in any case, I just wanted to recognize and direct our listener, if you get the book Happy Days, go to page 175 and the environs around that page. There's so many awesome techniques to just help you feel safe in this moment, like in one moment. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Gabby, is the impetus for this book? What What caused you to find this title and go forward with this line of thinking as your next offering? Well, I knew I needed to write this book when I was 36 years old, but I knew I couldn't write it until I was on the other side of what I discovered. So as we've already spoken, I was um, struggled with drug addiction in my early 20s and got sober at 25 off of cocaine and alcohol. And then very quickly picked up the relationship and picked up the workaholism and picked up the controlling and just because I put down the, the drink and the drugs, I didn't mean that I stopped being an addict. And the addictions I had now are just more socially acceptable, but they still had the capacity to bring me down. And so by the time I was 36, I had authored six or seven books. I'd been on Oprah. I'd had a lot of 
great work that had been put into the world. And I felt really powerful on stage and I was really proud of the work that I was doing, but I was also really cracking on the inside. Mm. And I kept cracking and cracking and cracking. And my mantra became, I can't go on like this. And then around that time, I had a dream. And the dream was a memory from my childhood of being sexually abused as a child. I woke up from that dream and I was like, no fucking way. We're never going to talk about that again. That's never, that was way too real. Can't go there. Days later, I was in my therapist's office and she said some of the issues that were up for me. And what came up in that session was just a full-blown remembrance and acceptance in my body and my, my conscious memory that this did indeed happen. And that shook me to my core and sent wow. me into one of the most terrifying experiences of my life, remembering that trauma. But at the same time, there was a tremendous amount of relief in now being aware and understanding of the fact that, oh, this is why I used this is why I was a cocaine addict. This is why I've been a workaholic. This is why, this is why, this is why. So it had all the answers for me. But then I had to really put myself on the devotional journey of reprocessing those experiences in my body, in my subconscious, in my consciousness, in my real-time experience, and in my nervous system because I could not write this book. I could not put my face on this cover with Chloe Crespi's beautiful photo with the title the guided path from trauma to profound freedom and inner peace in the subtitle mm, yeah. without fully being there. Right. And I knew that then. And I am so proud that it's not only my journey that led me to put it out now, I wrote this in 2020, but that it's God's plan too. Because if this book had come out three or you know, four years ago, I think a lot of people would have just been like, I don't have trauma. I don't want to go there. But now far more people are awake and willing to witness and potentially tap into their deeper wounds because the suffering has become so heightened. Right. The protection mechanisms have become so extreme. When faced with global sensations of unsafety, a collective trauma occurs. And in that collective trauma, millions and millions of people are cracking open. But that's a beautiful thing. You know, Amma has this quote, Elena, mm. that when an eggshell is cracked from the outside, it's broken. But when it's cracked from the inside, it is reborn. It's so beautiful. I feel like I'm having a deja vu right now. Mm. Wow. Hmm. I remember when you first remembered this mm -hmm. and you shared it with me and you were like, I'm definitely not sharing this publicly until I'm good and ready. And I knew it was going to be a number of years, but I'm, I just want to acknowledge how proud I am of you that you finally are sharing it because it's going to help so many people. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my story may be more extreme than another person's story, but we all have trauma. Mm. And somebody else's story is more extreme than my story, but it's like, don't judge your trauma, you know? Don't, yeah, that's really not a good use of our time. And also, <laughs> don't just diminish it. Don't play it down. Right. Just because you maybe weren't abused as a child, maybe you were neglected. I just did a podcast earlier with two women, and one of the women was like, well, the other host has so much trauma, and she's so comfortable talking about it, but I don't have any trauma, so I don't know what I'm really 
you know, whatever. And we started to work with IFS on her workaholic part. As we started to connect to her workaholic part, it came out that her father was unfaithful to her mother and there was all this different neglect with the father and that the father would just check out when he had a new girlfriend and he would push them so hard to succeed. And if they didn't perform well in their athletic sports, he would ignore them. And I I looked at her and the two of us, me and the other woman who had both experienced big T trauma, were like, that's big T trauma. (laughs) We're like, that is big. We're like, sweetheart. And we bury it so much that we all, we go as far as to rewrite the story of our past. And so we, I did this. I had a whole blown, full blown story of my childhood that is not what happened, (laughs) not what happened. And the reason this book is called Happy Days is because when I was a kid, we used to sit around the table and raise our glass and say happy days instead of saying cheers. And it's pretty eerie for me because I could look back and now and say that I wasn't happy then and that it would take decades to get to where I am right now. Yeah. And that's the truth. Well, I'm just so happy for you that you're making this happen and coming out the other side. I just, I'm just happy for my readers. I'm so happy. I'm happy for me. Yes, Elena. Yeah. Someone asked me just in the earlier podcast interview, she said, what's next for Gabby Bernstein? I was like, what's next is next week. This book comes out and I literally cannot wait to be the witness of what this transformational book will do for others and collectively and globally. Because I believe that when more people begin to face into their childhood wounds, and begin to heal the energetic disturbances and the patterns that have kept them seemingly safe, then that will create a massive ripple effect all throughout the world because systems are going to settle. And when the systems settle, the reactivity changes. And when the reactivity changes, the children grow up differently and the parents relate differently and, 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 and. I just felt the truth of that ripple in the world, systems, nervous systems settling, and the all the family systems settling as a result of those people who read this book. Well, yeah, it's the external family systems, and then it's the internal right. family systems. So internal right. family systems means that we have all these different parts of ourselves that are an internal family. Mm. And when they can settle, they can be heard and seen and loved and soothed and secure. This is such a service you're doing. I thought I would do our reader and listener the service of reading the titles of the chapters just so they can make sure that they want this book. First of all, the introduction is titled The Truth About This Book. Chapter one is titled Willing to Become Free. Chapter two, Become Brave Enough to Wonder. Chapter three, Why We Run. Chapter four, Hiding Behind the Body. Chapter five, Speaking the Unspeakable. Chapter six, don't call me crazy. Chapter seven, love every part. That's where we started our talk today. Chapter eight, freeing what's frozen. What a story in that chapter. Isn't that wild? So crazy. It's so weird. Oh Oh my my God. God. Our listener, if you've ever actually felt yourself frozen in place, whether it was in the dream space or in actual life, you must read chapter eight. Um, chapter nine, reparenting yourself in chapter 10, actual (laughs) happy days ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, honey. I'm just so proud. So proud to call you friend and sister and hero. I really love you. 
I love you so much. And I love that when we start to connect more deeply to the parts of ourselves that have needed healing and start to tend to those parts like you and I have, we have the power to connect and integrate with each other even when we haven't spoken for years. You and I have been sort of casually mm-hmm. connecting, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we have that kind of uh, open heart and ability to tune in energetically, and particularly in this moment when two people have that same opening and security and a steadiness within them, it's pretty profound to witness how connected we can feel. We're not even looking at each other, but I just feel so deeply connected to you. Yes, we have history, but we haven't spoken in so long and it's just Mm. right there. Yep. And I believe that's a testament to the commitments that we've made to who we are. Yep. To, To within ourselves. That's right. We'll close on page 187. Practice the four S's with yourself. So to our listener, even if you never get this book, I am going to send you the blessing of what I'm about to read to you from Gabby's pen to your ears and your heart. Helping my inner child parts feel safe, seen, soothed, and secure became a transformational practice I now bring into every day of my life. I bring the same level of commitment to reparenting myself that I do for my son. By making the four S's a habit for my son, who's now three, they become a habit for how I cared for myself. It became clear to me that my son was a powerful teacher for me on my healing path. Having a child that helps us face the ways our inner child parts may not have received the optimal care they deserved. I have to say that after reading this, I got very clear on what I'm doing right with Jonah, who's now 15 and a half. Yeah. And when I speak with him, when I hear him say that he's done something wonderful, I hear him say that he's struggling in a class. I hear him say that he's, uh, you know, working through a choice that's hard to make for him. To help him feel these four S's, Mm -hmm. safe, seen, soothed, and secure, is still the priority. Yeah. Yeah. It never goes away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another shout out to our man, Dan Siegel. <clears throat> those are his, those are his mm-hmm. practices. And I just took them and yep. reapplied them to myself. And, yep. and I think that one of the things I admire most about you is the way you parent, but the way you parent is also the way you parent yourself. Totally. So your devotional commitment to your recovery is a reflection of why your son is so magnificent and has such a strong bond and attachment to you. Yep. And that is my hope for my relationship with my son. It's really quite beautiful to be mm. the witness of your transformational work when you see how securely attached your child can become to you. And Thank you. yeah, it's just magnificent. Thank you for that. Yeah. I love you badly. I'm so proud to always share your work. Please let me know what else I can do. This book uh, is going to be a game changer for our listener for you. And you can just visit GabbyBernstein.com to find it. It's G-A-B-B-Y-B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N. I love you, Gabby. I love you, sweetie. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity. The conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.